Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the guests that we've recently featured on JM in the AM, and we start this week with someone we featured in Israel last week, and that is John Medved. You want to speak about somebody and hear from somebody who knows everything regarding Startup Nation, the tech industry in Israel, John Medved is the man. My conversation from the porch of the presidential suite at the Inbal Hotel with John Medved starts JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Many of you have heard of Our Crowd. Our Crowd CEO is sitting to my right. His name is John Medved. Our Crowd is an equity crowdfunding platform built for accredited investors to provide venture capital funding for early-stage startups. Based in Jerusalem, was launched back in February of 2013 with overseas branches in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Singapore. And it seems to us, whenever Startup Nation or Our Crowd or anything having to do with high-tech in Israel is ever discussed, it seems that Our Crowd and John Medved's names are always associated with those conversations. An honor to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's great to be here. You are living in Israel for how long? Almost 40 years now. 40 years? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a lifer. <laughs> were, you all, were you always in this line of work? Um, pretty much. The family business in my family was uh, fiber optic communications. Hmm. And uh, I studied history. I tried to escape it. Um, and I came to Israel as a wild-eyed Zionist with together with friends of yours like Steve Leibowitz. And, Steve's uh, been getting a lot of airtime this week. Well, it deserves it. <laughs> well deserved. Sure. That's for sure. And uh, my dad showed up to go check out, you know, check out, see how it was doing here. And I ended up taking him to a meeting um, so he could discuss his latest startup with some guys at the Missile Authority, which uh, is called Raphael, the guys who make Iron Dome. Right. And these guys started talking fiber optics, and I was bored as you know tears. And, and finally, one of the guys turns to me at the end of this meeting and says, okay, Medved Jr., what are, you, what are you doing here in Israel? And I told him I'm doing some tour guiding and politics and Zionist education. And he looked at me and said, Bizbuz, which means waste, waste, of, time. waste of time. I said, what do you mean? We're supposed to be dancing the hora. Okay, we're, we're having fun here. Idealism. I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling the Zionist dream. And he says, you don't get it. Guys like you, Askanim, we got a dime a dozen. Your dad, he's an entrepreneur. He's doing fiber optics. Do that stuff. So I got in the car after this meeting was over, and I turned to my father. And I said, what do you do? What is this? And he said, in his inimitable style, he said, son, it starts with Ohm's Law. You know, and of course, I had no idea what Ohm's Law was, the you know, basic law of electronics. So make a long story short, I got involved in the family fiber optics business and uh, built that, sold that with my dad to the Amoco Corporation today, British Petroleum. So and that I, corporation was not based in Israel when you were working on it, obviously. Well, I started here in Israel, actually. I raised money for him. Uh, uh, so there were investors in Israel. There were, well, actually, there was no venture capital. I raised money from an Israeli company called ECI Telecom. But I started in venture capital before there was venture capital. Right. I've built a whole series of startups ever since. I ran one of Israel's first venture capital funds called Israel Seed. And uh, then about six years ago, wanted to go open this up to the world because everybody's crazy about Startup Nation, right? right? You hear about it. You read the book. How do I play it? Can you call your broker at Goldman or Morgan and say, get me this startup? <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. So... Typically, you got to have a lot of bucks to play. You know, you got to have a five million, ten million dollar check that you can write to a venture capital fund. But what does that do for the rest of us who might have a couple of million stashed away, God willing, and they'd like to invest fifty thousand or a hundred thousand in a startup? 
So we set up this platform to go essentially democratize it, allow everybody to pick a company in medical technology or ag tech or the web or you name it. And we're now the largest venture capital investor in Israel. We have, uh, we'll be crossing the billion dollars of assets under management this year. We've invested in 160 companies. We have close to 30,000 members or investors around the world. And uh, we're living in sort of biblical times. I mean, you know, when you look at the flocks of people, I mean, I just left my office today. And today I had a group of very, very wealthy investors from Germany, had a delegation of Chinese, a delegation of Koreans. Uh, tonight I've got Italians. I mean, they just, they're coming from all over the world to go get a piece of the innovation. It's almost like Zaharia, where they say that 10 right. people of the nations will grab the cloak of Ishiudi and say, take me to your leader. Speaking with John Medved here in Jerusalem, um, well, a couple of things. First of all, in terms of the platform that you described, so we're familiar, as most people who peruse the internet are, with GoFundMe campaigns. And sure. those, those are campaigns where someone literally could you know, toss in five bucks and they're part of this big effort. And then you described what you know, venture capital was uh, exclusively at one time, which was people taking five, ten, twenty million dollars and investing it. You're you're in that in between stage. That's where correct. We were offering people around the world who have some significant funds, but you know can't write a check for five million dollars uh, to invest in something to be part of this process. Now, based on the way things are going in 2018. And Israel's reputation throughout the world, which you just indicated by the type of guests you have in your office today, one might think you have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> one might think that when you put out a call, when you release an email, when you send out a release or, 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 or post something that's now investable in Israel, that you get reaction from everywhere and are able to sell all those shares, so to speak, at a moment's notice. Well, almost. Okay. It is almost that. It's almost that. I mean, uh, literally, we just sent out an email a couple of weeks ago in one deal where in one hour there was over $2 million transacted over the Internet. Guy, one person actually just clicking a button saying, I'm in for a million. Right. Because we have people who will invest the minimum is $10,000, and we have people who are actually in writing $10 million checks. So we yeah. have you know many billionaires who are on the site. Um, but that's what's cool about it is it's really turning this much more democratic because, look, everybody understands that the big companies today are tech companies, right. whether it's Google or Apple. And what percentage of your portfolio or what you're offering would be tech companies? Is it 100%. 100 it's 100%. 100. There's nothing else you can invest no, in in Israel no, through your office. Not, not through us. So everyone wants to be in the next tech company. It turns out that there are about 300 of these things called unicorns. Mm. And if you're yeah, listeners, term, sure. A unicorn is a company which is worth a billion dollars, hence the uni, right. Okay, uh, but not yet public. Right. There are about 300 of them worldwide. Turns out that there are 21 of them here in Israel. Give me an example that we've heard of, or, or we've heard of none of them. Um, you know, <laughs> Has look, the average person heard of any of you these? No, you might have heard of companies like Fiverr, mm -hmm. you know, which are, uh, or Lemonade, or... Well, you know, Fiverr we see on Facebook all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's a wonderful company, or Iron Source, or um, there, there are a whole you know, slew of them. Just a new company called JFrog just raised money. Uh, we have a bunch of sunicorns. We actually have four unicorns, okay? Uh, some of them in That's Israel. That's a billion. And what's sunicorn? A sunicorn is soon to be a billion. Soon to be a billion. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> Almost at a billion now. Um, and uh, we have a bunch of those. Look, we, we have companies that are really making us very proud. 
uh, both at our crowd and I think in Israel in general, because they're making money and doing good at the same time. John Medved's here. The greatest example of your success would be which company? Which is the one that, you know, everybody turns to that was under your umbrella and says, look what can be done. Look what can be well, I mean, look at the success. Th- there are a whole series of them. But we, we put money into a company called Rewalk, which essentially allows paraplegics to walk again. Wow. Okay, so you see people get up out of a wheelchair for the first time in their lives. And the whole world needs that. And people start to wave their hands right. and, and praise the Lord, um, which they should. And it's for real. It's done, it's me- for, it's it's, done medically. It's, it's, done, it's real. It's robotic it's legs. And, and robotic. Okay, uh, we have uh, a company called Zebra Medical who use artificial intelligence to read radiological images so that, you know, you can now diagnose cancer or even arteriosclerosis or other maladies by the computer interpreting the image, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. We have a company called CropX, which is doing wireless irrigation, meaning instead of, you know, instead of using little tubes to drip, which we're very good at sure. here. That's what we're unknown for. You know, usually people understood that the, 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 the dichotomy is drip or spritz. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and drip is usually better, they claim. <laughs> drip is better than spritz. Right. But if you can have controlled spritz, right, where you build a control panel using wireless sensors, you can save 40% of your uh, water costs. You don't have to install the stuff. And that's a company called CropX, which actually was... One of the four companies that Angela Merkel just visited uh, last week. Was she impressed? I think so. I think she, she, the picture that I posted on Facebook, she looked very impressed. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we have a whole series of them. We, and by the way, we're not only investing in Israel. And one of the cool things about our platform now is we're sort of spreading our wings from Israel all around the world with Israel at its heart. So in March, March 7th, we'll have our annual summit. There'll be 15,000 people making an Aliyah Laregel, a pilgrimage to Israel to attend this summit. And about half of them will come from abroad. They'll come from over 100 countries. And they'll be investors, but they'll also be entrepreneurs who want to hook up. They want to be part of this international network. And you, you look at what Israel's doing in autonomous driving, right? We have now 400 companies in the country going after what, the for car. driverless cars? Yes, but you, you know, you think of Israel. What did Israel was it known for? Bad driving. And bad driving <laughs> and the worst car ever made in history, the Susita. That was an right? Israeli that car. That was an Israeli car. It, it, it was it basically camel food if you parked it, you know, overnight in the Negev. It was know? God. <laughs> camel would munch. He's happy. Okay, you're less so. But the, the reality is today with Mobileye bought for $15 billion by Intel. Right. There's every wanna, wannabe who wants to follow with a laser radar or sensor fusion or big data or car-to-car communications. And you've got the, the General Motors and the, uh, the Fords and the Hondas and the Hyundais. They're coming here in droves. We're senior guys at these companies come here like on a 60, 90-day revolving basis. They have their hotels. To observe what's going on. To observe, to invest, to acquire. Right. We had a- but I'm confused on the, on, the, on the driverless cars. 400 companies with that aim? 400 companies yes, now they're with- all building essentially components, right? Because remember, right. what is a car today? Right. A car is 600 chips on some wheels. It's all electronics. Right. So and each in, one is responsible for another and, and, one. Yeah, and there's different functions, and there's communications, and there's sensing, and there's uh, uh, a cybersecurity, right. right? You don't want a hacker to drive you off the bridge or right. into a wall. 
So we sold a company called Argus Cybersecurity for close to $450 million to a German company called Continental because they want to be ahead in cybersecurity for the car. Um, we have another company called uh, CyberMDX, which is doing cybersecurity for medical devices. Because you don't want to receive a hacker's note that says you've got 30 minutes to live or I'm essentially shutting down your pacemaker right. or your insulin pump unless you send this million dollars to a Chinese bank account. And that's coming. But Israel will be there to protect you. You know, it's funny. I, I, I heard a, a speech given by, I'm sure you don't have trouble believing this, a 20-year-old, someone in his 20s rather, about cybersecurity and how it's uh, developing and how Israel's at the forefront of the industry. And I said to him, you know, when you ask somebody who knows something uh, about the defense of the United States, military in the United States, you could ask them, you know, are we well protected? We're citizens of the U.S., are we well protected? And they can tell you, well, we have these number of tanks and this type of personnel and these types of military budget, etc. And they give you a feeling that you're protected. How does one convince the average person that when it comes to cybersecurity, we are, in fact, protected the same way we are with the military protecting we, our first of all, physical you, selves. You don't convince them because we are not. We are not. We are absolutely not. It's I mean, a weakness look, across it's, the board. It's, it's like death, sort of. There's, you can postpone it. You can make it palatable. But the bad guys are coming for you, and they are not stopping. And we are all at terrible risk. And you can improve it by, you know, good behavior. Don't click on links that you... Right. You know, people are always clicking on links and getting their credentials hacked. Uh, don't fall for phishing attacks. Don't... Right, but that's, know, on a, that's on a private scale. I, I'm thinking... These corporations? I'll tiff yeah. but I'm thinking, why is it that the water system of the U.S. is shut down by some hacker? Why is it that we have no electricity for a week and a half because it's a hacker? Chazdeh Simple as that. It's <laughs> not mean, the great Israeli cybersecurity. I mean, look, we're all working very hard to protect it, and there are people who are really involved um, right. on uh, critical infrastructure. We have a company called CyberX, which is busy yeah, at work. Right. Uh, we have a company, ThetaRay, who was doing cybersecurity for financial crime and big banks. But it's this cat and mouse thing. The more that we put into it, right. the more that hackers... And there's states whose biggest economy is hacking. Right. The North Koreans, the Iranians, that's what they're doing. That's you know They don't export anything. They don't make anything. They hack. And they are stealing, in some cases, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. And we don't even know about it. So, you know, some of these things are you just have to sort of trust in God, get on with your life, do what you can. But those bad guys are out there, and you should be doing everything you can to protect yourself. Well, to but try to stay ahead of bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Medved's here, CEO of Our Crowd. All right, you, you alluded to this earlier, and for me it's a very big topic, so I want you to help me with it philosophically. Uh, you alluded to the fact that now we are in a very special time. Now we yeah. are in a, really, of biblical proportion. Obviously, we've always been living, you know, through through the eyes of the Bible. But now it is so evident. You know, we are back in this country. Uh, I could certainly say that for you and others who've, who've made their home this country. And the, the 70 years of the state of Israel is, is magical, and there's just so much going on. Um, and you agree that, that, as I like to say, when the leadership of Israel goes to the world now and says... Hop aboard, because you know if you want to be part of this whole revolution, you better make sure to establish good ties with Israel. Otherwise, you're going to be left, you know, you're going to be left at, back there at the station, so look, to speak. It's front and center. You can just look at this visit of the German Chancellor right. Merkel this last week. We have a good relationship with Germany. Okay, it's historical, it's complicated, but t- in, in general, but today it's a good relationship. It's, a, it's quite a good relationship. Right. 
this whole visit was about technology. They weren't talking about settlements and, you know, maybe behind the scenes right. some of it, but it was all about tech. I think she mentioned Iranian sanctions, but okay. The, yeah. gi- <laughs> the Chinese vice premier is coming here in about two weeks, coming to speak at the prime minister's tech conference, where he's just taking two days out of his busy schedule. I bet you he enjoys that. When he goes to the world, he's talking tech. When we are talking to almost anybody, they're looking at Israel and saying, wait a minute. Uh, last week, there was data published about the number of artificial intelligence startups in the world. They ranked the countries in terms of the absolute numbers of startups. You know how the ranking works? Number one, obviously, the U.S., about 1,300 startups. Number two is China, 390. Number three is Israel, 380. We're 10 startups behind the Chinese. Go out there, guys, and build the startups so we can get number two. But do you know how absurd that is? We're 9 million people for crying out loud. How do we have as many artificial intelligence startups as the Chinese? It's absurd. And yet anybody who, you know, understands this stuff looks at this and says, you know, I need access to innovation. I got to be playing in Israel. And whether it's in digital health or it's in cybersecurity or it's artificial intelligence or it's autonomous driving or it's precision agriculture or it's drones or it's big data we got it here and they're coming it's unbelievable now what direction would your career have taken if israel would not have done so well in this area i'm curious i'd probably be hanging with steve on the football field <laughs> so, so this was tailor made for you huh i just kept you out of trouble I, look you know for me this is probably the most fun job in the world because to sit around with mostly young people, okay, who have dreams, to listen to them pitch you their dream, right? In other words, my, some people get pitch dreams, I guess, psychologists. Usually they're bad and weird, you know, but I get people who pitch me wonderful dreams and then I get to decide or be part of a process of deciding, can I become an enabler? Can I invest in that dream? Can I hook them up with connections to other corporations? Can we help promote them? Can we bring a a force multiplier to help them achieve their dreams? And when these dreams are helping the disabled walk or to feed the hungry or to heal the sick and to do it from... Or to water those plants. Or to water the plants. And to do it from Israel. Mm -hmm. It's this huge public kiddush Hashem that I feel humbled. Okay, I feel like... Whoa, how did I <laughs> get lucky? What do you think when you hear that Israel could solve Cape Town's water problem in half a year and they refuse to take help because it's Israel? I think they're schmucks. <laughs> okay, I, think, I think it's really, you know... They're depriving their like, own citizens because of their hatred. It's shooting yourself in the head. And by the way, many of them get this. I, I was in South Africa sitting on a, uh, a plane next to a guy from the African National Congress. It was a fairly senior guy. I will not name him uh, for his uh, you know, benefit. And he said, you know, look, we have a you know, two-faced attitude here. We have to, a public thing where we can't talk about Israel. But boy, do we need your help. And they need our help in water. And they need our help in ag tech. And they need our help in financial technology and security. And most of the countries of the world get it and are doing it. So with India, there is this unbelievable relationship, right? And there are a lot more Indians than there are South Africans. You know, close to a billion and a half. Plus, and, you and mentioned the Chinese. They also the have Chinese, a significant population. By the way, but it's the Europeans, mm-hmm. right? We catch all this flack about Europe's mm-hmm. political. They're doing more business and more investment. Um, England, despite Corbyn, you know, 
is now at an all-time high in terms of Israel trade. Okay, Latin America, I'm going to be in Colombia, of all places, in a couple of weeks. And they are just desperate to access Israeli technology on every level. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really, I think people don't get how much this has changed. Because we have sort of the Schwertz Zayn Yid philosophy. Attitude, you know, it's hard to be a Jew. The whole world hates us. Okay, they're chasing us. BDS is out to get us. And I'm sitting at my Shabbos table with a Chaver <laughs> Knesset and a, one of the largest hedge fund investors in the world. And the Chavar Knesset's very active in the anti-BDS stuff, and he turns to the hedge fund guy, and he says, okay, so how are we doing on this anti-BDS thing? And the guy goes, what? He goes, BDS, how are we doing fighting it? He goes, what's BDS? He goes, what, you don't know what BDS is? He goes, don't you feel it? I, I, he had no idea. People don't know. It's just the Jews. We're paranoid. Like, we should be paranoid. We have to fight boycotts. But the whole world is pretty much into a boycott now of Israel. There's this idiot named Roger Waters, you know, whose sure. uh, who's career should have ended long ago. He's boycotting us. Big deal. We get over it, okay? And if there's, you know, some uh, uh, wannabe Roger Waters, gig isn't to hate. John Medved's here. Uh, before you go, before you go, we have been informed that you are connected to one of the most significant Jewish music acts of the last, what do you want to say, year or two? Would that be accurate? Uh, that, would, that would be accurate. And that is because, if I have this correct, half of Yonina is your daughter. That's correct. And the other half is my son-in-law. Do you know? <laughs> very good, right. You, do, do you know that the two of them were in our studio for a really nice visit? How wonderful. Well, she's uh, Bishatova expecting any minute now. So, so there'll be another member of the there'll group. There'll hopefully be, again, now a second younger generation right. Yonina-ite and... Uh, no, you know, look, this is all good. I mean, this is really the power of the Internet, of the alternative media. They wanted so much to recruit them to the voice. Right. But they didn't... It you know, wasn't their thing. No, they said, this is not right. This is right. not sneezedic. This is not who right. we are. And they said, but look, you know, uh, uh, Aviv Geffen is the host. Mm -hmm. And look how famous he is. He'll help you. Mm -hmm. Turns out Yonina have more likes on Facebook than Aviv Geffen. So there you go. <laughs> That's good to know. That's a great statistic. I love it. Uh, John Medved, how do people get information about what you do? They go to www.rcrowd.com. They're certainly welcome to send me emails to john, J-O-N, at rcrowd.com. And it's free to sign up. You have to be an accredited investor, so you have to meet the criteria in the U.S. But you get to see really cool information about exciting technology companies and stay connected to Israel's miracle in the tech world. Do you know our host, the gentleman to your right? I certainly do, Barry's man. Mr. Barry Lieben is here, everybody. He is Barry man. has done... I like it when he's here. I'm no longer the richest guy in the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, no need to edit that out, is there? Uh, so Barry is back from one of the most important things one does when they are in the city of Jerusalem. I have this... I have supporting the local economy. Exactly. Supporting the local economy. Did you make some nice purchases? Uh, my, I, I found a nice place to sit in the shade. <laughs> and everybody else? And my wife and grandchildren and children shopped at every store on Ben Yehuda Street. <laughs> That's spirit. That's the way to do it. That's, That's the great. Way to do it. What did, can't, can't and now you make a couple of investments and you got a trifecta. You know, you're all... I made an investment. I bought a bar. <laughs> <laughs> we remember that the bar. Lion's Den. Did you, May it rest in peace. Did you walk by it today? I, I walked by what is now no longer the lion's den. I remember the lion's den. That's what happens, you know, my wife said she wanted real estate in Israel. 
She didn't think I meant the bar. <laughs> <laughs> what did grandson Cole end up with from Ben Yehuda Cole, Street? What did, well, his beautiful necklace nice. he's wearing. Very right, nice. Cole? A good memory of Jerusalem. Yes. <laughs> How much do you like it? A lot. Okay. There you go. A man of He's a natural. Words. He's a natural. He He's told me already he'd like to take over the show soon. Absolutely. He's got a first and What else did you get, Cole? I bought a plastic knife. Ooh. <laughs> it's under his chair. Oh, yes, it is. A plastic knife. And he got some T-shirts and, and some other stuff. Right, Cole? And I got a magic set. A magic set. A magic set. Yeah. I didn't even know they sell those on Ben Yehuda. Ben Yehuda has everything they got for it everybody. All. They've got it the all. The women folk took care of the more illustrious purchases, <laughs> and they're still there. <laughs> they're still on Ben Yehuda yes, Street. Yes, they still are. Unbelievable. Uh, we thank Barry. He, of course, is our host here in Jerusalem, the Inbal Hotel's presidential suite, Mir Peset, the beautiful porch overlooking the old city. Uh, you have to admit, as glorious as yesterday was, today is even more it's glorious. It's a great day. Just incredible. Thank and this you. is your final full day in the state final of Israel. Final full day. Sadly, we leave tomorrow. Unbelievable. And this time, you're really feeling it. You're feeling that sadness. You expressed that to us yesterday. I am feeling very sad. I wish I would have... Made to stay longer. Well, unbelievable. Well, Barry, we thank you again. And welcome back from Ben Yehuda. Of course, everybody who comes to Israel should make sure to make that part of their agenda. That was my conversation with John Medved last week in Jerusalem. David Cutler was with us recently to discuss summer programs, NCSY summer programs. My most recent conversation on this topic with David Cutler happened last week. We now have it for you at JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. In our New York City studios. And David Cutler, who, of course, leads all the NCSY summer programs, is with us live via telephone. Everybody out there, you know the website. It's summer.ncsy.org, summer.ncsy.org. One of the most fun segments of the year for us is our time with the summer programs with NCSY. I can only imagine how fun it is for the 14, 15, 16-year-olds each and every summer. David Cutler, welcome back to JM in the AM. David Cutler, are you there? I'm here now. Do you hear me? Now we hear you loud oh, and clear. Oh, my gosh. Woo! <laughs> I got worried for a moment. I was there. I don't know. I heard you. You didn't hear me. What's doing? You know, we get back. We don't know what gremlins have come in and taken care of the uh, the studio for us yeah. in our absence. Anyway, uh, the website is summer.ncsy.org, and I have a big announcement. For the first time ever, tell me if I'm right or wrong, for the first time ever, there will be 20 NCSY summer programs. That is correct, and we are officially open for business, which... Uh, it's a little hard to believe, but we are open for business for summer 2019. Now, when, when did this become official? We opened uh, on Monday, two days ago. We opened on Monday, and uh, can, we're rocking and rolling. Can right? you give us some indication of uh, of the demand for your summer programs based on the last three days? Uh, it's really amazing. Thank God. I, I'm ashamed to admit that I love uh, every time I hear a buzz on my phone and there's an application that comes in, I'm just kind of sitting there watching. It's like my favorite time of year, actually. Cause I, we, you, know, you, you never know from one year to the next what's going to be. So when the applications start coming in, it's actually very exciting. But it's uh, Baruch Hashem. Our, our bread and butter programs, our kolal and mechala programs are already off to, a, to an incredible start. And uh, thank God the demand is great. The, the, the first couple of days of registration has been awesome. One of, the thing, one of the challenges that you have now with those flagship programs is that people want to come for more than a year or two. They, they want to stay even longer. Correct. And that, and that obviously you know, uh, squeezes the number of spots you have for other people who are newbies out there. It really does. It squeezes everything, both from in terms of uh, you know, in terms of our space and in terms of our resources. And uh, it's it's a good problem to have. We're, we're literally, 
you know, working on solutions in Israel to, uh, to we've done construction on some of the some of the places that we are over the summer. We've mamish done construction and redone uh, redone the base medrash in uh, in our Yerushalayim for our Kola program and added on to the housing in Rashid Yerushalayim for our, for the Machlala program. So it's a uh, it's a good problem to have. Thank God. All right, David Cutler's with us. It's open. It's officially open. If you want to be part of an NCSY summer program, you. Your parents, everybody's got to hop to it because these uh, programs do close out relatively early. I know it's only October, but you got to get to the website, summer.ncsy.org, summer.ncsy.org. If you email summer at ncsy.org, summer at ncsy.org, number one, you can get as much information as you need about any of the programs. Plus, they have an Alchem Siegel Network discount code that will be sent special for today's listeners. So again, if you take down that email address, summer at ncsy.org, there's actually a discount code you'll get in return. And those are very valuable. Obviously, uh, uh, you get an opportunity to save some money. Uh, again, just email summer at ncsy.org. Which program ended up being number 20? So we added a program this summer called Give East. And for those who are familiar with our, our, our brand, we already have a Give Israel, and we had expanded a couple of years ago to a Give West, which right. is a chesed program uh, in the States. So we added this year a program. We expanded our horizons to girls in, uh, in the 7th and 8th grade. Uh, we added a program called Give East, for uh, obviously here on the East Coast. Right. And uh, want something a little bit different. You know, camps are wonderful, and they should all live and be traveling. And uh, together as a group for uh, for about a month here in the states is a very special experience, and it's an introduction to Chesed, to the idea of volunteering. You know, for a younger age, and really not only volunteering, but making an impact for our community because people around the country look and see who it is, and they see literally kids from our community. Yeah, they really do. It's re- it's really it's giving back, and, and and it's really it's an important it's an important message to send to our kids from a younger age that uh, that we need to give back and. Uh, you know, both in the Jewish community and not Jewish community, we have uh, you know we go all over the states and we give back in all in all sorts of ways, whether it's volunteering at an orphanage or helping different ways that we help give back. So this program is for younger girls, and it'll be more of like an introduction of how to volunteer, why we volunteer, learning all about the idea of chesed and tikkun olam, but also the same idea, you know, ha- having you know having your own fun and going to uh, amusement parks and the Coca Cola factory and so on and so forth. All right, so it would be accurate to say that this program, Give East, is tailor made for girls in the seventh and eighth grade. No, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. All right, so check that out. It's a different than a program for, you know, 10th, 11th grade. All right, check that out. Last summer, remember, the NCSY programs, uh, the summer programs broke 1,600. They expect to break 1,700 this year. Please, God, believe I and Haro, you added last summer that Sulla Rescue program, which, frankly, between me and you and I said this at Young NCSY, shocked me how popular it was. I mean, incredible, incredible work by both your staff and the campers on that one. It really was. And, and that program actually, I mean, the coolest story for that summer, if you remember, we were talking to the old CSY, is that one of our kids actually saved someone's life Correct. on an ambulance. They were on an ambulance riding along, and they actually happened to have noticed something that one of the medics did not. Uh, and, and they literally saved someone's life. And that, I mean, I, I can't think of a more impactful way to spend the summer than uh, than saving someone's life. It, it, it sounds so bizarre, but it's exactly what happened. It's just amazing. And 4G Euro stands for, remind me. Four Girls Euro. Ah, there you go. So they go to Europe and Israel. Uh, last year they went to Italy and Israel. This year they're going to uh, to Prague and to uh, to Vienna and to Budapest and to Israel. And uh, it's just it's a wonderful. It's a little, you know, people love to go to Israel and that's great. But this kind of spruces it up a little bit and adds a new component. You're learning about the Jewish history, uh, you know, that took place there, and you're going on to Israel afterwards to. Uh, you know, to tour our homeland and to, to spend time there. So it's, it's a very special. Those two programs were started last summer, and we're very excited uh, to see how they develop in the second summer. David Cutler's with us. You need to know the website, summer.ncsy.org. You need the email for the discount code, summer at ncsy.org, summer at 
NCSY.org. Now, um, you, you wrote here on, on, on the material that we literally are hovering at 40% of the kids in the NCSY summer programs being from public school. Has that number ever gotten close to 40 before? It started. It started to creep up over the last couple of years. We're very proud of the fact that we're, we're diverse, and we so we have our kids on Kolel and Machlalad and and our Give program and our Chesed and so on and so forth. But we we really have a program called TJJ, the Ann Samson Jerusalem Journey, yep. uh, which this summer will God willing have approximately twelve buses, maybe even thirteen. Uh, and then on top of that, they have two more buses for specialty going to Poland and and Israel advocacy, also TJJ ambassadors and ambassadors Poland. Uh, so they're just they're close to 700 kids or so, if not more, that'll be with us this summer from public school and from from all over the world. We're actually getting kids now from London for this program. Wow. Uh, we're getting kids really from Canada and from from all over the United States, and they're all divided ge- geographically. And again, they're obviously all you know spending time together at Yom and Swai and other locations. By the way, I uh, <laughs> I know we say this about every program, and it deserves to be said about every program. But on the TJJ side, my gosh, your staff. The people you hired to lead all of these buses and all these groups, just amazing. Some some great, great educators in that group. They really are. The, the, really, the truth is, you know, people like to give credit where, where maybe it's not due all the time to myself or whoever. The, 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 the success in NCSY Summer is the, is the educators and the leaders of each yeah. of these programs, including Kola Makhlalakib, but on these public school buses where you're literally taking kids who are experiencing their first Shabbos and their first exposure to Israel and Kashrus and everything that goes into a summer program. Uh, and, and for four weeks, and, and they come out of it. Mamish kids really change their lives, and there are kids who really who switch to yeshiva, who end up spending their gap year in Israel. It's a it's a it's a very very beautiful experience to see, and what they gain in four weeks in Israel, you, you can't compare it. It, awesome. it is amazing, and uh, you're also going to include, uh, as as we've discussed, <coughs> excuse me, some of the programs that are part of the domestic side, the U.S. side of the NCSY summer programs include Camp Sports in Baltimore for Boys, Camp or Performing Arts Program for Girls. Both of these are already veteran programs. They really are, and it, it's one of the things that we're very proud of, again, is our diversity. So not everyone goes to Israel, and some people are a little bit younger or want to stay, you know, stay, you know, stay, stay domestic. So we have a wonderful program for, for four weeks in Baltimore called Camp Sports where guys are playing sports, and they're, and they're learning in the morning, learning at night, going to wonderful trips. They go to an Orioles game. They go to the minor league ba- baseball game. They go, all, they, go to, they go to Hershey Park, and they have wonderful really, – it's really kind of like a four-week guys' night out in Baltimore, in the, in the Baltimore Jewish community. There's, there's great food there, and they're having all the, – they they, they raffle off steaks at Mishmar <laughs> on Thursday night, and they have these, these these humongous grilled barbecues. It's really awesome. And then our Camp Maor program is a, is, a, is a performing arts program. The girls don't necessarily, in today's day and age, get a chance to express themselves and to really to sing and to dance, and, and they really spend a, a, four, a four-week program just for girls, and they have a final performance where all the parents come and they, and they see them, and it's a real it's a real play with real you know real scenery and real choreography. We have off-Broadway <laughs> professionals that are actually choreographing and really working with us for, for the dancing and for the videos. It's, it's pretty awesome. whole thing is amazing. Why do I have two dates on my material for Yom NCSY? Uh, I was playing around. I was showing you that we already have one for 2020 also. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even realize that's for 2020. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're working on a lot of stuff. It's incredible. And everybody out there, remember, Give East Now exists. It's a chesed program for girls in 7th and 8th grades. Would that be? Well, let's do the ages. The youngest that you'll encounter this summer would be 7th grade or even younger than that? So we actually know Cam Maor will actually start for, for a girl who wants to really start to you know performing arts and wants to sing and dance. It already starts for a girl after 4th grade. Ah, very cool. Uh, the, the, then the Give West program, the Give East program, rather, is for post-7th and 8th grade girls. Right. And then for boy, on the boys' side, 
uh, we have a, a program that starts camp sports is post eighth grade. All right, and obviously the high school is the bulk of it, and uh, those who are going to Israel, many of them are sophomores, juniors, and seniors in uh, in yeshiva high schools and other programs around the country, public school, etc. So everyone should check those out. All right. Everybody, it happened Monday. While we were in Israel, NCSY Summer opened up its applications, registration, etc. Go to the website, summer.ncsy.org, summer.ncsy.org. Use the email address to get a special discount code. Why not save some money? Summer at ncsy.org, summer at ncsy.org. David Cutler, anything you'd like to add? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's, sure. very, uh, it's always great talking to you. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, second of all, we're looking forward to you being at Yom NCSY again this year. We're, uh, we're very excited. Show. We're in the middle of booking our talent, so we're not going <laughs> to... We'll reveal later on in the year who that's going to be. Okay. Uh, but people should check out our website. There's really something for everyone. And the thing that separates us from, <laughs> I'd say, from other programs is that we're, we're all about inspiring and education. And, uh, and really, people walk away from our programs. The, the kids walk away different people. And, and that's no, no one has a higher uh, supervisory ratio of staff to kids. And the people on, on our programs are top, 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 Mechanchem, uh, Russia Yeshiva in YU and Russia Yeshiva and, and Landers, and, and really just beautiful people from, uh, from all over the world. And it's a wonderful, impactful experience, and people should check us out and join us for summer. It'll be great. All right. By the way, on the NSN app, somebody has pointed out uh, a big shout-out to the best boss ever from those of us at 11 Broadway. I think they mean you, frankly. Uh, probably not, but I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> David Cutler reminds you that the website to check out about all of this is summer ncsy.org summer.ncsy.org you want a discount code no problem email summer at ncsy.org summer at ncsy.org david always a pleasure continued hatzlachan thanks so much for joining us nachum have a wonderful day welcome back appreciate that thank you very much there he is david cutler ncsy summer program that was david cutler speaking with me he is the director of ncsy summer programs uh, for the OU and NCSY. Next up, Rabbi David Heber. Recently, he joined us to discuss 5779. Rabbi Heber has an amazing acumen when it comes to calendaric trivia, and he told us what to expect regarding the calendar uh, during the year 5779. Rabbi David Heber, a recent guest on JM and the AM, now with us on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Rabbi David Heber is standing by. He'll be with us in a second. We'll do some 5779 calendaric trivia. Erev Shabbos with candle lighting in New York, 611 on this uh, Erev Shabbos Parsha's Bracious. Don't forget, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we broadcast from Jerusalem. We'll be at the Inbal Hotel again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They will be our home base. We'll explain the genesis of this entire trip early Monday morning, so make sure to be tuned in. And... Um, and uh, we'll, again, broadcast Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from Israel. Looking forward to an amazing array of guests. Those of you who are on the Nahum Siegel Network Facebook page have already gotten a taste of some of the people we're going to be speaking to in Jerusalem. Rabbi David Heber is the rabbi of Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland, and a kashrut administrator at the Star K Kosher Certification. And for our purposes, he is in charge of the Calendaric Trivia Department at JM in the AM. Rabbi Heber, a good yard to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. A good yard to you and all your listeners. Hope your Yontafui went well. Yeah, thank God. Quite a distinction to be the uh, director of calendaric trivia for JM. Uh, yeah, in the AM. wow, that's a, a promotion. <laughs> thank you very much. First of all, I, I thought of you early this morning because we have one of those unique weeks coming up 
where we have Torah reading Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Or as my kids would say, not not the most exciting week for them going to shul. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you know, actually, my son pointed this out to me. One of my 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 son, my oldest son, pointed out to me. You, you know, we never go three days without laning, right? That, that's right. Uh, how right. I've learned out um, by Mara that Kalais, uh, uh, the Jewish people. It was no good at the time, and therefore they said we have to we have to lane at least every three days. So that's right. what happens. We lane Shabbos, Monday, Thursday, every single week, and sometimes more often. Right. Since before Rosh Hashanah until the next Monday, so from the Thursday before Rosh Hashanah until next Monday, which is a total of 40 days, we have never gone more than two days without laning. Nice. Very good. Yeah, good the other day because you had Rosh Hashanah and then you had Yom Kippur. Everything fit in there, and of course we land many times. Good way to row. good way to start the year, huh? Absolutely. I also, th- I also, th- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I get very excited when we start talking about no, this no. stuff. <laughs> I also meant to tell you uh, that I thought of you when I made the proclamation. I don't remember if this is exact, but I think it, I, I think I've got it right. Uh, that starting Erev Rosh Hashanah, I think it was starting Erev Rosh Hashanah. Maybe it was starting Erev Yom Kippur. I think it was starting Erev Yom Kippur. Um, 19 out of 26 days were either Chag or Erev Chag, and also Shabbos or Erev Shabbos for that stretch of time. Could you imagine? In Chutz Laaretz. Well, in yeah. in Chutz Laaretz. Sounds, sounds right. I didn't count that up, but yeah. because you had so many... Uh, I think it was 19... in a row. Every, every <laughs> night was another... I think it was you know. 19 out of 26. So for people who are wondering why the last month has been a little difficult or a little a bit of a wipeout for everybody, that could be one of the reasons, frankly. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to check with you before we get to 5779 is I learned two things. I shouldn't say I learned. There were two things that happened over Yontif now, Shmini Atzeres Simchas Torah, that I wanted to clarify with you. The first is, and you're, you, as, as I know, because this is how I met you, I know you're a professional Gabai, right? By nature, you're a professional Gabai. Um, and, and the question arose on, uh, Shabbos Cholomoy. Yeah, this wasn't Shmini Atzeres, it was Shabbos Cholomoy. On Shabbos Cholomoy, do we say, um, Bishchus Haregel? And do we say Vizakel Alosta Regel on Shabbos Cholomoyed or not? Okay, so the, the, it seems to me the Minig, as far as the Haftira is concerned, the Brachas, is the difference, the difference between Cholomoyed, Sukkot, Cholomoyed, Pesach. Right. And that kind of regulates the whole morning to a certain extent because. Um, on Pesach, Shabbos Cholomoyed, we would only say Mikadash Shabbos. On Sukkot, we would say Mikadash Shabbos Yisrael Exactly right, right. So uh, now you, you're saying as far as the Mishaberach or as far as the Brachas of Torah. Mishaberach, Mishaberach. Oh, the Mishaberach. Yeah, you could say regal because Cholamai really is still the regal. I think the minig would be to say that, including Pesach. I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, that would not be regulated by the by the because it's still a regal. In other words, you're still leaning right. See, that's Torah. Exactly. Still, that's what I thought because because yeah. people were objecting and saying we should just say Lechvoda Shabbos. And I'm like, why? Why would we not add Lechvoda Regal on Shabbos? Yeah, Cholamai is definitely. I would agree with you on that one. Thank you very much. Okay, that's number one. Yeah. The second thing, which I never had heard before, um, we were I, I was listening in as people were deciding on Shmini Atzeris who to give alias to in shul. And one of the veterans of the shul said that the minig is that anybody who gets, that, that, that only people who say Yisker get an alias on Shmini Atzeris. That I only, never heard that. You never heard, heard that, right? Before. And and they said to me that it was it was sort of like a yard site thing that because we say yisker that day any day you say yisker you should give an aliyah to people who say yisker I never heard that never before. heard that I never heard that that's that 
Yeah, the only the only thing you have is on a fast day. Of course, people you only give people fasting, right? Because that's uh, in general. I mean, there's some exceptions and but but in general, you say only people fasting on a, on a fast day. But as far as that, that's that's uh, unusual, that's right? Stretching, yeah, that's stretching. I think. All right, everybody. David Heber's with us. What can you tell us about five seven seven nine? What is unique, if anything, about this year? Okay, so some of the unique things we've had. And some of them are actually uh, sort of new. So the, some of the things we've had, of course, it, first of all, it's a leap year. It's the first leap year of the 19-year cycle. Wow. Um, we have a 19-year cycle. This Now we've begun the third year, which is the first of the leap years. But not only is it a leap year, which makes it long, because Cheshvan and Kislev are both 30 days, it is the longest possible year, which is 385 days that we have. And, of course, because it's a leap year, on Tuesday we begin... In, in Rosh Chodesh, and Musaf will say Luchaparas Pasha. Right. Um, so what also happens because of that type of long year is we re- we're going to repeat days, and we've been doing a lot of this over the last uh, ten years. But we, what Pesach, let's say this coming year is going to be Shabbos, like it was this past year. Right. Purim is going to be Thursday, like right. it was Shua Sunday, etc. So we're going to have this repeat, and this is really interesting. It's the last repeat year. Uh, of it was a ten year cycle that we're finishing where we actually it was an interesting combination here and that is you had Pesach starting back in two thousand and ten. If you just look at the days of Pesach, you had um Pesach was um Tuesday, Tuesday, Shabbos, Tuesday, Tuesday, and then it flipped. Then it's Shabbos, Shabbos, Tuesday, Shabbos, Shabbos. <laughs> now we're at the end of that Shabbos. What well, we're gonna have now coming up very soon, um, starting in 2021, we're going to have four years in a row where Pesach is on four different days of the week. Wow. Right, so it's just going to go back. So, so in 2021, it's going to be on, uh, Pesach's going to be on a, on a Sunday, and then it's, we'll talk about that when that happens, because that'll be a big one. Yeah. You know, and, and not only will that be a big one, but that will be one of those times where, because it hasn't happened in a while, there are going to be a lot of Jewish kids out there who don't who won't realize that that era of Pesach could be on Shabbos. Exactly. Like in 1974 when we were kids. Correct. That happened in 20 years that's and everybody exactly, was scrambling. That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> and by the way, I, I'm sure you know this, but I'll just mention it. Once it happens in 2025, it doesn't happen for another 20 years. Right. And that's, that's right. really going to be... We're going to have to write those articles and make sure they, uh, <laughs> they get saved. Now, some <laughs> other interesting things that are a little bit hasn't really happened. First of all, we have... Um, we can have an interesting cycle coming up of the longest Berchus HaMazayin we're going to have this year, which is, uh, of course, Shabbos, uh, Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, right. Shabbos. So you're going to have Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Hanukkah. Whenever Hanukkah begins on a Monday, so then the sixth day of Hanukkah and the seventh day of Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, so the sixth day is Shabbos. So you have the longest Berchus HaMazayin, of course, which is Alanisim, Yalav Alanisim Ritzay, and Yalav We're going to have that Okay, there's a little bit of feast or famine here, because we're going to have it in 2018, we're going to have it in 2019, then we skip a year, we're going to have it in 2021 and 2022. Another one, of, have, another one of those 212 uh, setups. going to happen a lot. Uh, this, but then we're going to have a drought. It's interesting. I, I just looked this up in, in, in honor of the show. I looked, uh, looked at this. It's between 2025. It's going to happen again. It won't happen for 14 years. <laughs> So enjoy that because you get a bunch of them, 
and then it just stops. And and that drought, the last time we had such a drought was between 1805 and 1819. And again, at that time, there are going to be a lot of teenagers who won't realize that you could take out three Torahs and have Shabbos Hanukkah you know, together with the Rosh Chodesh. Exactly. So here we're going to have, uh, I guess you could call it three, three Sifrei Torahs three times this year. Uh, well, the, the one you just mentioned, I'm trying to think what else. Exactly. Well, we just had Simchus Tyra. Right. And the Shabbos HaChodesh will be Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So it'll be three. We'll take out three Sifrei Torahs then. You, you just answered a question that I was asking on Matzah on Tuesday night, because the third Torah in our shul is so heavy, we try to avoid using it. <laughs> so, so I asked the question, when's the next time we need three Torahs? Now I know. Now I know okay. that Hanukkah, we're going to need three Torahs. <laughs> That's right. right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> we also have this year... The most feelless possible in a year. So it's a good year to daven. Because it's 385 times the number of 385 plus. It's not always because it's 385. That certainly helps. So it's, it's 1,247 feelless that we have, which is the maximum you'll ever have in a year. In Eretz it's 1245. And that's, that is the maximum. And that only happens in Eretz in this type of year where you have uh, Rosh Hashanah on a Monday. And you have, uh, you know, 30 days of Cheshire Kislev and, and um, Pesach on a Shabbos. Um, let's well, see, so what else do we have here? Why a difference between Israel and Chutz Oh, well, because they have, they have less, because they don't have, Simchus Tyre, they didn't have a Mosav. Ah, right. And the second day of Shavuos, they don't have a Mosav. Right, right. That's right. two. And now the last day of Pesach is a Shabbos, so they'll get a Mosav anyway. Right, right. A oh, different Mosav. Right, just a different Mosav than ours. <laughs> you ever go Yontif? You ever go Yontif to. I certainly have, thank God. Oh. So, so I always, you know, when you're there this year for Pesach, it's a, it's a mile and a chesaron because it's... it's Everyone's got Shvi'achron Shal Pesach, right? Everyone, everyone is keeping Yontav, so right. it's a little bit easier, although there's an interesting question the Pais can speak about. If you're there, can, you know, now an Israeli can't make Kiddush for you because they're going to make only for Pesach. No, they're going to make only for Shabbos. make for them? They're going to make only for Shabbos. They're going to make only for Shabbos, I'm sorry. They're going to make it for Shabbos, and you're going to make for Pesach and Shabbos. Right. The Shiloh is, can you make Kiddush for them Friday night? Interesting. Because you're saying extra. So they say, actually, you could, even though you're saying extra. It's not a, it's not a half-second interruption. Because it's, you know what it's like? It's like I make Kiddush in Shul Shabbos morning when we have a Kiddush. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say someone just eats cake. So I, I make Kiddush, and I eat cake, and that's Kiddush Rakham Suda. You're, you're making Kiddush, and then you're eating... Um, a, a you know mezainus a, a processed mezainus type item you know from from the one of the five grains, right. and now let's say the person across from me just ate cake, which is all he needs to eat. He doesn't need to drink wine. Right. He's to my kiddush. He fulfills his obligation when I make kiddush. Now can I make? I'm going to make an alamichia and alagefen. I'm going to make a double ah, can they after say, bracha. Can they say amen to your alamichia and be and be right. by listening? Could they fulfill right. their obligation? The answer is they could. Right. Because even though I'm saying extra, they could. So they bring a proof from there to the case of, uh, oh, very of Shabbos good. and Pesach. Very good. Plus this year, um, um, there'll be a two-day Shavuos in Israel. Not really a Shavuos, but it'll be Shabbos Sunday. And for everyone in Kutzlar, it'll be Shabbos Sunday, Monday. Exactly. Right. Which means it'll be Yontif for the whole world for an extended period of time. Right. Sometimes I'm thinking, even when it's two-day Yontif, it's not that long of a time where it's Yontif everywhere. Right. Cause, but here, when you have all those days, you have... Uh, it's Kedusha across the entire the entire world. Right. Um, some other interesting things. Now, Purim is actually going to come as a... It's going to be a little bit difficult. People might not realize this. Um, the fast is going to end late because... Change we, we haven't really had this a lot. 
because a lot of the Purims we've had over been the early. past um, eight, nine years have been almost a Shabbos, have right. been Sunday. Right. So you weren't fasting. And a lot of them were earlier in the year. So they, and a they, lot of them were before we changed the clock. Right. The ones that were on Thursday, not all of them, right. but a bunch of them were earlier. This year we're going to have a Purim. That's going to be, uh, I think it's um, I think it's March 21st, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So we already changed the clock. And I mean, years back, we didn't change the clock till, uh, uh, you know, I think 2007 was when they made the change. Right. So before that, Purim was always standard time. Then they made the change, and then we had Purim on Sunday and so on. So you're going to have, you know, McGillis Esther can't start till about 8 o'clock in New York. Approximately, right. So you're not going to end. People aren't going to eat till nine o'clock. So that's a you know that's a late one. There've been a lot of times that, um, that I, I, by a lot, I mean more than once, where Tanis Esther was on standard time and Purim was on uh, was on daylight savings time. Uh, Thursday. Right, so that's when you change the clock on Purim. Right. Yeah, we had that in 2017. Right. So yeah, we had that, that was recently. a uh, Adolo Yoda on the watch to know exactly. Right. <laughs> Um, and by the way, it, it, again, another thing that the new generation doesn't realize, not only did we always have Purim on Standard Time, but for those of us old enough to remember, we always had Seder Night on Standard Time. Right, that was before 86. Yes, yeah, so, so first they ruined our Pesach by making, <laughs> us, by making us start to Seder either 8 or 9 o'clock, and they ruined our Purim by making everything be so late right. yeah, with yeah, Donna's sister. Oh, it, it, it complicates in the morning, it's hard, you can't get an early start. Right. The only big advantage... The big is, advantage is, um, is this man Kriyashma. Oh, that's what it is, yeah. Gets, get, get, get very early. In fact, when I was learning in Tal Chicago, so uh, I used to fill out the times to hang up. <laughs> of course. And when we came back for Pesach, I remember this, we come back from Pesach, and it was still standard time because they changed right. the clock. At the end those of days, April. before 1986, the last Sunday in April. Right. And I went to Rashiva and said, what time should we start Shachras on Shabbos? Now, the Yeshiva started at 8 a.m. normally, and the 8 a.m. wasn't even going to make the the going, which is the, the more lenient opinion. Right. We had to start. So he says, okay, we'll start 7.30 right. to make it. And I said, I said, 7.30, we start every day 7.30. Maybe we could do it 7.35. <laughs> Psychologically, huh? You were there. Okay, 7.35, it'll work. You were there advocating for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Another five minutes of... Uh, the other advantage I thought you were heading to was that Sudas Purim is, uh, you know, yet the pressure of, of finishing or starting before Shkia is not there. Because yeah, of uh, daylight savings. That's true, but the Seder's so late, it's so hard. Uh, yeah, I tell you, they don't realize, really? I'm telling you, the new generation doesn't realize that the second Seder, even the second Seder used to start at a normal time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah absolutely. Before, before the, we also have this year, we have a total lunar eclipse. When? On Tu Bishvat, January 20th and 21st. It'll be visible to the entire continental United States. Wow. And um, that's, that's the night of Tu Bishvat, where what happens by a lunar eclipse is the the Earth gets in the way of the sunlight that's reaching the moon. So, Tubashai, you have a full moon out. It's the middle of the month. So you go outside and you'd see a full moon. And then slowly the shadow of the Earth starts to, starts to block the moon and it gets dark. It's not as exciting as a, uh, as a solar eclipse. But uh, it's also not, the Gemara and Sukkah also says it's not such a great, it's not, it's not a good simon. But it's nonetheless a fascinating uh, sight to see, especially when it becomes total, and it's just interesting to watch. What do we know? What do we know about the the Talmudic approach to um, to leap years? Is is there such a thing that it's sometimes a little bit more precarious than other years, or we don't say that? I've, I've only I've, heard once. That, why do we say Chaparas Pasha? 
you know, why do we say that extra one? So really, you know, there, there are 12 statements we make in that Musaf when we get to that little center of Musaf. This Tuesday. Um, there's two, right, there are two, there are 12, there are 12 statements that are made. So in a leap year, we add a 13th, uh. which is a Chapras Pasha. Um, right? And, uh, uh, you know, that terminology right. that we use, if I'm, if I'm saying it accurately, um, there, there are 12 different statements. And again, it's a 13th. I once heard, I, I don't know if this is corroborated, but it's a leap year, and therefore you have, you know, there are more opportunities for, for issues. So that's why we say the, uh, we say the Chapras Pasha. Um, but you've never yeah. heard that 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 a leap year is more. I, I don't. I want to be careful with what words I use. God forbid. But I don't know. More dangerous. More yeah. pre- precarious. More. You never. You, you've they not talk about other the extra other maybe uh, maybe Kabbalah, There might be some some issues. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm well, gonna pass on that question. By the way, but, somebody on our app just pointed out that that this December of 2018, and they wrote most of this in Hebrew. So hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to to transmit this properly. This December in 2018 is the first time in 823 years that there are five Fridays. Five. Uh, that's that's something running around the internet because you're always going to have. No, that, that's something that you can have five Fridays in any month. No, but they're pointing out that they're, it's the only month with five Fridays, five Saturdays, and five Sundays in 823 years. Is that possible? No, but, you could, oh, but you could, I mean, no, because if you have any, any month that begins on a Friday, you can have five Fridays. If it's a 31-day month. If it's a 31-day month. So many, many 31-day months could start on a Friday. I don't. I don't know where that comes so, from. Sorry, I correct Matt. my lotion from the my terminology. On Rosh Chayish, l'tayvu livracha l'sasin l'simcha, right? And the shul on the chama l'farnas al hakal l'chaim tamoshalim l'chaim moshalim l'mchilas chayt l'sichas avain. Right. So those are twelve statements, and then the chapras pasha is is, uh, is number thirteen. Phenomenal, great, absolutely excellent. One I love last it. thing, oh, I can squeeze oh, in a bonus two, point. Two last things. Yeah. Tid koscha sixteen weeks in a row. <laughs> that never yeah. happens, right? From Vayigash to Shmini. <laughs> we'll have that. But that's it's only the three psukim. Um, I actually darshaned on, on this, on, on, on Shmini Atzeres, um, where, where Tzidkoscha is is sad moment. Shabbos afternoon is right. sad. So we say Tzidkoscha, which is, which is for, Rav Shacharach says it's for, because it's when Rav Shabbenu dies, right. and other, right? And, and, so, but yet on Simchas Torah we dance, and what are we laming that Moshe Rabbeinu died? Right. So what's the you know? So the answer, the basic answer, without we we could have your listeners listen to the old Russia, but we'll, we won't do that. <laughs> yeah. so the, the basic answer is we're really dancing about the the continuity, and that that's That's why the Torah is about Yeshua ben Nun because it illustrates the continuity. Right. So what the Simcha is that Moshe Rabbeinu established the Torah, right. and even when he passed on. It was great continuity. Yeah, I, I would, I, I would add something to that. By the way, that's that's why we have Colin Aram. Oh, I said that. Baruch Shakimanti. I said Simchas Torah is about children and, and continuity. I mean, my memories of, of Simchas Torah in St. Louis and and in Shul and are just are just fabulous. And it's, it's such a kids yonta that makes such a impact. It's really Simchas Torah is just wonderful. People who bypass it and. You know, they want to do the early deal on this. It's such a it's such a loss to do that. It's just such a beautiful yontif to to spend and, and you know, especially for the children, but also for the adults. Um 
there. That's right. I, I actually said that. I, I should prepare my dresses with you, Malcolm, <laughs> in advance. You got some good insights. <laughs> I appreciate to add. that. But it's really true. That's how we do call an arm. It's, it's just showing that this is really what's all about candy to the kids. It's, just, it's all about you know, the continuity and the, the terror. And, 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 what, and, and what greater tribute to Moshe Rabbeinu than having all the kids up there you know, during that part of the terror? You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much as usual. I wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet 5779, of course. You too, and I yeah, thank you. This is always this is always in light. Oh, and of course, Rabbi Heber, let, let's give the official greeting now that Simchas Torah is over. A gazunten winter. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the proper uh, the proper yes, phrase? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Bracious. Take care. You too. Take care. Bye bye. There he is, Rabbi David Heber. Our calendaric trivia expert, to say the least. He's Rabbi Kahal Avas Yisrael and Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore. Kasha's administrator at the Star K. Our calendaric trivia expert. And uh, we wish him, of course, a happy 5779. Lots of stuff. Lots of things to be excited about in this brand new year. That was my conversation with Rabbi David Heber as we discussed calendaric trivia for the year 5779. Seven nine. Thanks so much for tuning in to JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up as you continue to listen to our wonderful network right here at NSN, the Nahum Siegel Network.